been another uh, minute since we recorded, but it's the holidays. <laughs> what are you but talking if about? If you don't remember, I feel like we were just here. Were we? I think so. <gasps> are we on time? Well, if I get it edited and out today, we're on time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The time I was in Houston felt like it was an entire year. I came back and I was like, what is this place? A great big beard. <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> what year is it's it? It's 2019, Becca. <laughs> ah! I've been wiping with leaves. <laughs> Anyways, maybe it just feels like a long time to me, but this is ghost emoji. It's ghost emoji. We're here. <laughs> Yeah, I'm Becca. I'm Taylor. We're about to talk about... Our favorite things from this year. It's a, a cheat episode. We didn't want to do any research except for researching stuff that we liked in our memory. So the most I did was just make sure that whatever I liked actually came out in 2018 because it's the year that lasted a century, so... Some of the stuff I felt like came out this year actually came out, like, two years ago. So, helped me narrow down my list a little bit. <laughs> See, mine was more I looked up. I was like, what were some movies that came out in 2018? And I was like, fuck, that was 2018? That <laughs> felt like three years ago. So, I had the opposite problem. <sighs> but, so you had more to choose from. Most of my stuff is from 2018, but one of them came out in 2015, but I didn't watch it until this year. And I feel like that still counts. I have that too. I have a video okay. game and I have a movie or two that I watched the first time this year, but it actually came out before. So mm -hmm. I think that's fine. I think that counts. Whatever. This is our year. It's all relative. Time's a construct. Time's a, what is it, a circle? Time's a square? Time, time's a circle. I don't know. I'm not Matthew McConaughey. I don't know what I would do if you were. Uh, I don't either. I don't know what I would do if I was Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> what would Ryan do if you were Matthew McConaughey? I don't know. Maybe he'd be like, this is great. <laughs> you'd just be drinking wild turkey and playing the bongos <laughs> all the time. He would hate that. <laughs> okay, he so would Ryan wouldn't so like much. it. <laughs> he'd be like, could you take the bongo playing outside? <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. All right, all right, all right. One time my mom swears she saw him in a little fishing boat on Lake Travis, like back up in a honey hole on like in a cove or whatever. And she's like, I swear we went up there and there was a guy who looked just like him, maybe like a little scragglier in a boat. He was fishing. And then by the time I realized who it was, he had he had swam away. No, he boated away. That might actually be him, because I, I was telling my dad about that podcast, um, You Must Remember This, and I was telling them about how uh, Ryan had listened to it and been like, man, so many male celebrities from like the golden age, quote unquote, were just huge assholes. <laughs> and, um, and he was like, you know who wasn't John Wayne? And I was like, oh, I'm not going to shatter your perception of John Wayne, but he was definitely an asshole. Oh, God. <laughs> I just was, I just got real quiet in the back seat. Like, mm -hmm, okay, tell me all about it, dad. Oh, but it led God. him to telling me that Matthew McConaughey apparently stinks, according to like multiple reports. He's very much one of those people that, like, I guess is sort of not into wasting water and stuff like that. So he'll, 
he'll just sort of go without. So just powder yourself. I mean, I'm hoping he does that at least. (laughs) Well, I think he does have a house in Austin somewhere. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So I mean, it's it's possible. I just mean because she was like, well, he looks scragglier. And it's like, well, if he's not one for like, getting fancy to go out on a boat, then he might be scragglier. Yes. Maybe it was you on that boat. It was me. It's always me. Anytime you're like, who is that? It's me. Looks like Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> but scragglier. It's me. It me, Becca. I'm going to start off with my favorite movies that came out this year. And this was just first thought, best thought, because I'm sure there's other stuff that I'm probably forgetting about. My two favorite scary movies that came out this year were Hereditary and... Very close second was Annihilation. Annihilation's on my list, too. So I'm going to talk about Hereditary then. No spoilers, okay. I guess, because it's a big part of it. But, like, I knew it was going to be scary. And I went in being like, oh, it's a scary movie. It's kind of like a arty scary movie, which is always a toss-up because sometimes you go in and then you end up seeing something like... God, what was our very first, like, episode about? The one, It Comes at Night or whatever, where it wasn't really that scary it was more like suspense and stuff and oh, i was yeah worried it would be something like that where like you know the way they cut the trailer made it look like it was scary but it wasn't actually a horror movie mm-hmm. but this was for sure a horror movie and i i think i'm at the point where i might be ready to watch it again which doesn't happen to me very often i normally i mean i don't re-watch a ton of movies just on on principle because i I have so many things I need to watch that I'm always like, no, don't rewatch this. Watch something new. There's so many things. But this one, I just straight up, like, I couldn't. I know, you know, other people, like uh, my friend Becca, maybe wanted to see it in a theater. And after I saw it one time, I was like, I can't. I can't go back. Not yet. Yeah, I still haven't seen it because I'm too scared. Uh, I mean, you read the wiki or whatever for it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I know what happens. It's very well done. It's... It's scary. I know it's kind of weird. It gave me really intense, like, Rosemary's Baby vibes in certain parts and just was... Ugh. It's been a long time since a movie has spooked me that bad where, like, I wake up in the middle of the night and, like, I can't... I don't want to close my eyes again because I'm worried that there's, like, something in the room kind of mm. feeling. Yeah. And uh, I guess they did a good job because, man, that, that part sucked. I was like, I, I miss being able to sleep without worrying about things being hidden in my bedroom. Ugh, there's just, there's one part in the film where, I, where I'm watching it in the theater and I actually audibly was just like, oh no. And like covered my mouth just because like I saw something on screen that the character couldn't, but it was so, it was like in a video game where they're like, adjust your brightness, and you turn it, you crank it all the way the fuck up because you don't want anything to be, like, hiding. But without spoilers, there was a part where someone's, like, in a room and not totally out of focus or whatever, but there's just something really unnerving in the room, and the character just never, like, acknowledges it. And I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And just, like, waiting for something to happen and uh the music is really stressful and i mean the basis of the movie is that it's this lady played by is it ann collette or tammy collette tony tony collette tony Sorry. Collette. Okay. i remember <laughs> tony collette um and she does a really really good job 
But it starts off with, like, her mother has just passed away, and they have kind of a strained relationship. And, you know, it's just kind of her, I felt like almost kind of, like, dealing with grief or feeling like she needed to deal with grief when she didn't really have any, like, feeling bad about not feeling bad that her mom was gone because they had a very, like, strained relationship and kind of a messed up family life. And then, like, the repercussions of that on her family. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, I know that sometimes when you have a relationship like that, you you mourn the loss of not ever having to have experienced a relationship like that with that person because you're like, if things had been different, we could have been close and I could have felt something more and so i mean it's a complicated thing yeah it can definitely be like mourning the loss of like opportunity Mm -hmm. to be like well you know if they were still alive there was always that chance that maybe we could have like reconciled but now that they're gone yeah that's not gonna happen it was just very good and i thought it was gonna be one kind of movie i thought it was gonna be a horror movie and it was a whole other animal and it's just I need to look up if it's streaming somewhere, so one, I can watch it again and try and get over it. Uh, Also, that way, other people can see it, because boy howdy. It's not, like, especially gory. There's, like, a handful of moments, I think, that are a little grosser, but they're very concentrated. The rest of it is just very stressful and tense, and there's, like, some weird kind of, like, just, like, occult stuff, and... I don't know, like, this really scary idea of, like, family curses and stuff like that, hence the whole hereditary thing, but it's, oof, it's good. So that, that was my, barely had to think about it, number one scary movie for 2018. Very nice. Mine, and also Taylor's, (laughs) uh, was Annihilation. At first, I looked up Get Out because I was like, oh, I want to talk about Get Out. But then I realized it came out in, like, early 2017, and that's – yeah, okay. But anyways, so Annihilation came out in, like, February, I think, of this year. Yeah, it was real early. Yeah, which is why I didn't even think about it. And then I was like, wait, was that 2018? But um, so it was, like, a sci-fi horror film, I would call it. Um mm-hmm. But it starred Natalie Portman, and Tessa Thompson was in it, Gina Rodriguez, and Oscar Isaac. But basically, um, I'm not going to spoil, obviously, but Natalie Portman plays Lena, who's this, like, I can't remember what kind of professor she is, but I just remember she was, it was biology or something. And her husband, he was in, like, special forces in the army. He goes on a mission, doesn't come back for a year she doesn't know where he went and then she gets he comes back or something and anyway she gets recruited to go into the same thing that he had been sent into and it's this thing called like the shimmer and it's i i don't even know how to like talk about it (laughs) without spoiling stuff but i was just gonna say it's i don't think it's too spoilery but like when the husband comes back like he's really sick And, like, deteriorating very fast. And that's why, like, they want to send her into the Shimmer with this team of, like, is it four other scientists, I think? I think so. But they're all the military scientists because she's an ex-soldier, too. Mm -hmm. And they're, I think, trying to figure out what the Shimmer is because, like, it appeared 
and it's like spreading out but because no one can go in or no one has returned from going in like they don't they don't know what is inside of it but the fact that it's you know growing is alarming because if no one's coming back you you can only assume it's bad <laughs> yeah unless it's so good that they just don't want to come back but i, I doubt it <laughs> But it's a beautiful movie. Like, it's it's scary, but it's also wow, so, so pretty. Very beautiful. There's some parts that are really disturbing. Like, um... There's some body horror in there, for sure. For sure, some body horror. The part that scared me the worst was, honestly, the bear. That was frightening. That was really, really good, like, creature design. Because mm-hmm. I... Ugh. Basically, they encounter all these, like weird plants and animals that have kind of merged yeah merged evolved like become hybrids with other things it's just creepy and interesting and then it leaves you going like i don't know what the truth is (laughs) at the end so i'm it's really good i definitely recommend it that was my my only thing about it that i kind of when I first watched it, was not crazy about because I, I just I don't always love like kind of ambiguous endings or open ended interpretations to movies. But mm-hmm. I read a piece on it yesterday on I think it was on Polygon, but I thought it it kind of summed it up pretty good. And it's it's a little bit spoilery, so I won't. But if you look up, it's like a recent polygon article about annihilation and and kind of explaining their interpretation of it and i was like okay that makes enough sense that i'm okay with it being i wouldn't even say like interpret your own ending because i think that there is like a way that you're supposed to see it i just didn't immediately come to that conclusion when i first saw it but it made it a lot more satisfying it's beautiful and weird and trippy and scary. Also, any opportunity for me to look at Oscar Isaac, I'm into. He's not in a ton of it, but he was in enough. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. There was the, you know, they didn't make a huge deal out of it, but I certainly appreciated that the scientist team was all ladies. Yes. Yes, that was very nice. All smart, tough ladies. Smart, tough ladies. A lot of my ones going forward are things that I watched or played this year for the first time, so they aren't technically from this year. But my favorite video game I played this year that was scary was Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, which I think technically got, like, released on Xbox or something this year. So it sort of kind of came out in 2018. Sort of. Sort of. That one. I think I've talked about on the show before, so I won't delve into it too much, but... The sound design on it is really good. The The premise of it is that you're playing this woman named Senua who is having, like, psychosis. But the way the game portrays it, like, it's very, it's very, I think, tastefully done. And they got a lot of feedback from people with mental illness. So that way they weren't disrespectful of it. But it was, I don't know, she, she's been, like, in self-exile to try and, like, cure herself because... It's in, oh gosh, I can't remember if she's like Celtic. I think she's a Celtic warrior or something like that. So it's it's from a long time ago. So obviously they didn't have a great understanding. So they just assume it's like a curse or a demon or something. And so she has self-exiled herself. And then when she comes back, her entire village has basically been raised to the ground. And the dude that she was supposed to marry has been killed and she's 
trying to go to hell basically to like get his soul back kind of Mm -hmm. but and as you can imagine a journey into hell is not entirely pleasant but it just it's got that the the sound design you if you wear headphones when you play it it's all around you and like the the whispers and the voices and stuff that she hears it's it's just very unnerving and i feel like obviously you're not gonna get going what are you you doing yep yep that that's it (laughs) oh god stop stop but but (laughs) it looks good too like the the gameplay is very simple which i appreciated so you're not like fumbling with like oh i gotta do this combo or whatever but you know you travel through different realms and there's like kind of puzzly things but nothing really ever detracts from the fact that you're like on this journey and it's scary and it's interesting too just because you know there's a lot of like norse mythology and stuff like that so if you're interested in something like that, it's it's not very long. I think all told, it probably took me about maybe eight hours to play just because I was trying to find all of like the little runes and stuff. And I still didn't. I've missed like one or two early on. Boo. But just it's very, I think, well done and even almost kind of like uplifting at the end while still being a butt ass, scary, stressful game. I could only play like an hour and a half at a time. And I normally sit down and I can binge a game for hours and hours. But it was it was a little bit much. I would say if you haven't played that one yet, definitely, definitely get it. Especially now that it's on more platforms. But yeah. Hellblade, Sinuous Sacrifice, A+. Yes. I watched Cass play it and it was good. My next thing is it's technically not like... I mean, it's creepy, but it's not technically scary, is The Curious Creations of Christine McConnell. Hey, I think it's creepy. I think it's scary. Oh, my God. (laughs) Cherie. (laughs) But you love it. I do love it. So it's basically like a master's level crafting and baking show because there's no way that you could actually like recreate these things unless you're at the master level like she is but it's basically the show that's um produced with i think jim henson studio it's this woman christine mcconnell and she lives in this kind of like spooky victorian house and she she like likes to make you know treats for her neighbors do like little projects make a cake that looks like her house to welcome her new like newfound family friends she has a taxidermy raccoon with a fork for a hand named rose who's a pervert uh there's a sphinx cat that was taxidermied or maybe just an i can't remember but she found him in some sort of secondhand stop or something and then there's a werewolf that joins the cast and there's like a a slight plot but it's mostly just (laughs) chaos and i love it and she makes like creepy looking cakes and cookies and crafts and rose i don't know how to even describe it it's not that long it's on netflix if you just want to sort of like look at really pretty kind of gothic Halloweeny stuff, just go full force in. Do it. If you don't like puppets, don't talk to me. You probably won't like it, I guess, but there's no joy in your life anyways. So what's the point? That's my rec. 
it's good. Just watch it. A lot of other people like it. So I, I think we, me and Shree are in the minority, but a lot of people, because it's just got that kind of like, it's fun and kind of macabre. Because when you like creepy, scary stuff, you don't always want it to be like doom and blood and guts and mm-hmm. stuff. Sometimes you just want to enjoy stuff that's cute, but also scary. And maybe conventional people don't like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It feels very like... I think Dita Von Teese is actually in the show. She plays her mirror. Oh. Yeah, she is. But it reminds me of that sort of like 50s pinup style because that's kind of how Christine dresses. But then she loves creepy macabre things, but also like finds the like charm and beauty in them. And there's something to be said for that. Mm-hmm. It's like Monster Factory. <laughs> Start off with something initially terrifying and then find the beauty there within. Yes, yes. I'm sorry to people who don't like puppets. I just have very strong feelings and nobody agrees with me, so I have to exert it in a very aggressive way. No, don't don't apologize. I give you a hard time and sometimes I have to stop myself and be like, Taylor, just let her have the puppets. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to enjoy my puppet shows. The puppets aren't going to hurt you. They can't get you, Taylor. Just let I only made them. you guys watch literally, like, I swear we only watched maybe six minutes of the first episode. And I was like, they are not feeling it. And we uh, turned it off. Let's try to eat a taco. And I'm just like, oh, that, that horny, weird raccoon. I related to Rose so much throughout <laughs> that entire series. Just because she would get mad and she would do stuff. And I was like, oh, I feel that. <laughs> She'd be like, I'm not getting enough attention. I'm going to burn this whole house down. And I was like, oh. It me. It's, this is kind of a painful reflection upon my my personality that I'm, I uh, both enjoy watching, but also feel bad about. <laughs> yep. Anyways, what's your next one? Uh, my next one's, it's a, it's a one-two punch. But uh, early this year, because I, I've seen the thing the John Carpenter's The Thing. But I didn't realize, apparently, they're not, like, totally related, but John Carpenter had, uh, I guess, what was called, like, the Apocalypse Trilogy. Mm. And The Thing was part of it. And the other two movies that were in that, like, collection or whatever was In the Mouth of Madness and Prince mm. of Darkness. And uh, there was, like, two weeks in a row earlier this year where me and Mark just sat down and had a nice movie night and... And watched both of them, and and they were, I don't know, they were just really fun. It's been a while since I had watched an older horror movie that I actually really enjoyed, because, I mean, there were still parts where I'm watching it, and I'm just like, oh, God, like, I can't take any more of this, you know, guy fawning over a lady, and the whole time she's like, oh, you're gross, and then as soon as she's in danger, she's like, let's kiss, but, Mm. you know. That part wasn't in there as much, but there was a handful of spots where I was just like, dude, chill. In the Mouth of Madness has got, oh, I always forget his name. Poor guy. Who, uh, what's the name of the actor who plays Alan in Jurassic Park? Oh. But it's that guy. It's going to bother me. But it's kind of, it's almost like a, it kind of made me think like Stephen King sort of thing where like there's an author who's been writing these like scary stories and he's got like a new novel coming out but like people when they read them are like going crazy and getting kind of like homicidal and then it turns into like a you know the guy's trying to 
find him because his publisher is like, we need him to get us this last book. And I don't know. It's kind of a little bit of like a mind freak thing where, you know, he's writing stuff into creation kind of thing and like bringing about the end of the world. And it's just, it's, I don't know. It was just very weird, like going to a town where everyone's like secretly trying to kill you it just it had a lot of those flavors of of older movies that that i liked i i think of the two i like prince of darkness better just because it slightly made more sense <laughs> prince of darkness is this team is studying this weird like pod of goo that they found and of course like it's being housed in the basement of a church and they're like something's inside but we can't figure out what it is and there's like weird time travel-y stuff and like transmissions from the future and I don't know I mean I, I really enjoyed the thing but I was kind of surprised that I hadn't heard more about these two and that might be more on my part of not doing enough research on older horror movies because I'm buried under a pile of things that I want to watch and I'm never going to get out from underneath it. But um, I watched those for the first time. They're obviously not from this year. They're from... I'm not going to pretend that I know what year they came out. I'm trying to remember. I think I looked it up and it might have been like the late 70s, early 80s, but they've definitely got that feel. And uh, That was definitely when he was in his heyday, so... but. So In the Mouth of Madness and Prince of Darkness are both very good. And they're, it's more of, I guess, like an anthology where they've all got this, you know, theme of like the end of the world, but by different hands kind of thing. But I don't know. I just really, really liked them. And now I want to watch the thing again. Sounds like Sam Neill in Death Note. <laughs> kind of like that with like a little bit of like children of the corn kind of thing where you're like show up at a town and you're like why what's going on it also that is an interesting cocktail <laughs> it weirdly uh in the mouth of madness gave me the weirdest feeling of like an old point and click adventure game kind mm. of if that makes sense yeah I don't know, just like the the backdrops and the colors and everything, and like it just was, it was just weird, but a good weird. It's got all the same kind of hangups that older movies from that time period have, so they're not perfect by any means. But it was just really nice to to find another older movie that kind of hit hit all those spots that that I like. Because I mean, there's only so many, and a lot of them are bad. Yeah. My last thing I have written down is the movie that I watched this year for the first time, but it came out in 2015, um, and it's called Tag, and it's known in Japan as Real Onigako. I probably did not pronounce right. I was wondering what you thought of this one, because I remember you saying that you were going to watch it, and I was really curious because it, it sounded interesting, but I was a little scared. And I didn't ever watch it. And then I didn't ever hear what you thought about it. I actually really enjoyed it. Like, the way it's set up, I don't know if it's just this particular director's, like, because apparently he's been called very, like, subversive mm -hmm. kind of filmmaker. So I don't know if it's just the way it was structured narratively was a little confusing. And so it was hard to go, like, yes, I really loved this movie. But I did enjoy it. And I liked the idea. Ideas and sort of like commentary behind it and also 
Um, it stars Raina, um, God, what's her last name? Raina Trendle. And she's on Terrace House. She's one of the, like, not judges, but, like, the commentators that they kind of cut back to. Because basically in Terrace House, it's six Japanese or half Japanese men and women living in a house together, being filmed. And then they'll cut to a group of like the hosts where they comment on what's going on and kind of like analyze things, make jokes. It's like comedians and actresses and actors. And it's funny. But anyway, she's in it and she's kind of like the innocent one. And occasionally she'll say like dirty things and they're just like, Raina. <laughs> but um, so she's the star of Tag. And basically the first scene is everybody's on a school bus and something real intense happens with a gust of wind and everyone's dead. So then she's running in like bloody clothes and she goes through this journey of essentially like, it feels like... Is she dead? No, it it's like almost like Rosemary's baby and that she keeps trying to convince people like something really horrible just happened. And they're like, what are you talking about? And they're calling her a different name. And like, she goes through different scenarios where she's playing these different parts and these different people and she'll look different. And you start to realize there, there's always this like wind that's following that'll just kill everybody. It just like slices them in half. It is so spooky. And is it on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. And like... I know what I'm doing today. You end up... The reveal is really interesting. And the commentary about the reveal is very interesting because it's... it's I took it as pretty feminist. And I think it had a lot of commentary about like uh, Japanese society, gamer society, male culture kind of stuff. And how men went, like view women in like heteronormative relationships. So it was really good and it was satisfying and she was a really good like protagonist and I loved all of her friends in the movie. Like you were rooting for them the whole time. And I felt like it was very much about like the power of friendship and like, I don't know, it was good. It's just the narrative structure was weird because you were trying to figure out what was happening for so long. And then when you do, you're like, Oh, Mm. Okay. I feel like that is, I mean, and this is me, I haven't watched nearly enough to make a, an educated comment on this, so this is sort of just me spitballing, but I feel like I've seen a lot of Japanese horror movies, and even mm-hmm. a handful of, like, Korean horror movies that will have, like, weird kind of, like, time jumps, or things will be out of order, and I don't know mm-hmm. if maybe that's just more common in their, like, cinema and it's just something we're not used to. It's not time jumps, though. Because if it was time jumps, I I can typically tell if it's a time jump pretty quickly in movies. Just because I'm like, this feels like a time jump. Like, this, the way that they're acting feels like it's at a different point in time. Unless there's, like, no context clues. But this is more just, you're trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And, like, what reality she could possibly be in. Where these things are possible. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's more that you're trying to like, your brain is trying to logically put things together and it's like, well, you can't, it's a movie. (laughs) It's all made up. What are you doing? Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. I was thinking of, I feel like I've seen a lot of Japanese horror movies that will like start in the, 
in the future and then jump back to the past and then it'll jump back and forwards and then be in a different spot and I'm just like I can't at the end it'll make sense but during the movie my first watch I'm always like I don't know where I am all I know is I'm scared (laughs) I'm scared and alone and I don't know what day it is (laughs) yeah no I enjoyed it the ending I was okay with but I was also sort of like is this I don't know if it was, like, the best solution, Mm. but I also don't know what a better solution would have been. So, if that makes sense. It does. I feel like that's, I mean, horror horror stuff is always hard. I think that's the most common complaint I have about horror movies and shows is always, like, they didn't stick the ending quite right for me. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was just sort of, like, the ideas felt, like, complicated enough that I was like this is the solution and I was like well I mean I guess that's it's in line with like the thing that they're talking about but you know mm-hmm. it's really hard to talk about this without spoiling it <laughs> I, I can't wait to watch it and then I can talk to you about it I too. hope you like it I hope it's not one of those things where you're like oh this is like Christine McConnell I don't want this <laughs> are there puppets what is it? this trash no there's no puppets okay. there's no raccoon with a fork for a hand all right well then sadly right <laughs> Would it have been better if there had been? Uh, for me, yes. <laughs> for most people, probably not. Probably would have been a little distracting. What's she doing here? Why is she trying to hump stuff? Why is your hand a fork? I would have been like, this is great. <laughs> so, you know. What was your favorite episode we did this year? Um, Elizabeth. Oh, see, I had either Mel's Hole or the Flatwoods Monster. Flatwoods Monster was my favorite because researching her was fun. And also just learning about her was fun. Long live Elizabeth, the oh, Flatwoods Monster. She'll live in my heart forever. I did really like Mel's Hole, though, just because mm. that story, even though definitely probably fake, was just so fucking weird. Shit, it's bananas. I'm sure we had other ones. I also had to make sure I was like, was that this year? I was going to talk about, like, stuff I'm looking forward to that's coming out next year. Possible future scary things that I will enjoy. The Resident Evil 2 remake. Yeah. Which is a video game. Still haven't decided, am I going to play it or am I going to watch someone else play it? Because I get very scared, even though I do enjoy a good video game. Maybe this will be the one that I actually give it a try. I just... I don't want to waste any more of my money buying games that are scary and then not being able to play them, like Prey and Alien Isolation. (laughs) Whoops. Oops. You got so far in Alien Isolation, but then it just, it started amping up to the point where I was like, this is very frightening and I am not touching the controller. No. I mean, I'm, I was playing it in a fully lit room with like four people and I still was like, let's stop. Let's stop. I can't do it. (laughs) Nope. Nope. Ryan's thinking he's going to play Resident Evil 2 with me and Garrett around, and then... Maybe I'll watch. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you can come up. We can just switch off and see who can get the furthest. Uh, Whenever someone's, like, heart rate gets above a certain amount, be like, all right, time to stop. Time to switch. No trips to the hospital tonight. Uh, Another video game thing, which I don't know much about it, but I think it'll be fun. The people who made Until Dawn, which is like a choices walking simulator adventure game or whatever 
they're making a game that's supposed to come out next year called Man of Medan. And it looks mm-hmm. like it's the same kind of style where, like, you know, you're exploring and you're doing whatever. And they're doing an anthology. So I'm guessing this one will probably be shorter than Until Dawn. But they'll be putting out multiple that are, like, I don't know if they're going to be in the same universe or whatever. But this one, it looks like you're on a boat and it's, like, deep sea diving scary stuff. Hmm. But that's supposed to come out sometime next year. So I'm excited for that. The last thing, and I'm sure there's other stuff that I'm leaving out, but Us the new horror movie that Jordan Peele wrote. Oh, I haven't watched the, um, oh wait, I know I did. I did watch the trailer. That's right. I was like, I really want to watch it. And then I did. Sorry. Oh, it's spooky. Very spooky. Very good. I'm excited for that. Cause I'm, I'm kind of over the whole like strangers premise where it's like, oh, we're scared and we're in a house and someone's breaking in and we got to escape. And like, nope. We're going to do that, except the people breaking in are you. <laughs> your scary versions of yourself. It's your doppelganger. Ugh. That one looks good. And I'm just, I'm happy because I don't have to wait super long. I think it's coming out, what, like March? Yeah. So that'll be out. Because I love Get Out. So I'm hoping that this will be a nice, a new, like, perspective. I, I can always appreciate, like, a remake or whatever, even though sometimes they're not always great. But when someone can do a good, like, original screenplay that's not based on another, like, existing IP. I love it. So I'm excited for that stuff next year. Do you have anything you're looking forward to coming out? Us and whatever, whenever the Dragon Age 4 comes <laughs> comes out, because I have a feeling it is going to be scary. Maybe not, like, in a horror sense, but in a, like... What's going to happen to all my characters that I love? Yes, in a cosmic horror, like fear of fear of all of my favorite babies dying, that kind of uh, horror. So I'm looking forward to that, sort of. I mean, and in the game itself, you're dealing with like old gods and arch demons and shit like that. So that could be pretty spooky. Yeah, that's that's some scary shit. Otherwise, I'm looking forward to I think I'm going to buy Detention for the Switch. It's good. It's I it's it's pretty short. I finally played it. I know I've talked about it a million times. It's good. It's got like a really interesting story and it's scary, but not too scary. There's not a whole lot of like jump scares or anything crazy like that. And the style's mm-hmm. really really interesting. I'm looking forward to it. I need to finish Tacoma as well. That one's good. That one's not scary either. It's it's kind of comfy. In a mm-hmm. scary way when you're trapped on a space station that's running out of oxygen. As cozy as that can be. <laughs> yeah. As cozy as that can be. And then for the new year, I want to read more scary books. Because I play, you know, and watch scary games. It's hard. I get scared. I watch a lot of, like, scary movies and shows and stuff like that and listen to scary podcasts, but I don't really read very many horror novels, and so I want to try and jump back into that this year, along with just trying to read more in general. I did better this year, but I want to read more more scary stuff, because I think the last bit of, like, scary novels I read was all Stephen King, and he's fine. I mean, his stuff is, is good, but at the same time, it would be fun to read a scary movie that's not by an old scary movie read a scary book that's not by an old white guy i have some recommendations for you then give them to me so if you want some like true crime horror uh the stranger beside me will fuck you up like 
I don't know why it was so frightening, but just like hearing someone for however hundred many pages talk about like their close relationship with someone who, you know, is Ted Bundy and mm-hmm. like during the time that he's killing people and stuff like was just really frightening. And she also talks about the murders in depth and it's just, it's, it's very scary but also very interesting. If you're wanting some sci-fi kind of light horror, uh, I really liked, man, what was, it also had some romance in it, which I appreciated. It was very, very light romance, but I, I still appreciated the romance. Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky. It had some like, sort of, it was frightening because of like the high stakes and also sort of like not knowing how things were going to turn out. And also, just sort of, I don't know. It was really good. I really, really enjoyed it. I never thought that I could get attached to sentient spiders, but I did. So <laughs> oh. anything's possible. Well, I'll put those on my list and try to just try and be better this year. I don't know what will make me read more. Probably playing less games, but I love game. I mean, the way that I started reading more and it got easier for me to like want to read physical books too is listening to audiobooks. And I mean, you don't have to buy them. You can rent the audiobooks through like Libby um, from your library and stuff. And uh, I have Children of Time physically and the audiobook if you want to. And I also have The Stranger Next to Me if you want to borrow either of them or if you want me to send you a link so you can listen to them on audio for free. Mm. But it's nice because like you can speed them up a little and I would do it like in lieu of listening to a podcast or something while I'm getting dressed in the morning or when I'm at work, I'd be listening to it if it's slow. Sometimes it may not be the same for you, but it would just make me be like, man, I really enjoyed this because I fall asleep really easily if I'm reading something physically. Mm -hmm. And so it made it easier to like pay attention to it and also like absorb it. And then it made me want to read when I'm not right before I'm going to bed, like physically read too. So mm. it's worth a shot. If you don't like it, it's not like you spent any money. So the other thing that I want to do, because I feel like it should be on because I've got the sci-fi app or whatever, but I keep hearing really good things about the TV show Channel Zero. Hmm. And it seems like each season, it's not like American Horror Story, but kind of like American Horror Story in that each one seems like it's a different setting. It's a different story kind of thing. And they're supposed to be very good. And I want I want to have a good TV show. I got about halfway through Night Flyers and mm-hmm. it was it was good. I just I stopped and I haven't picked it back up. So I just haven't really been able to stick with a like a scary TV show in a while. Like I, I tried yeah. That one that was the Stephen King Castle Rock or whatever, and I didn't get very far in that one. And I just want some scary, some dang old scary shows. So I've heard good things about Channel Zero, and I want to watch that one. I just got to figure out which season, because I've heard some are better than others. If you've watched that and you want to let me know which ones don't suck, hit me up. Hit me up. Hit me up. Hit me up. (laughs) That's all my stuff for this year. Do you have anything else that you're looking forward to next year or stuff that you want to try and do more of in the, the scary vein? Uh, destroy my enemies. Please destroy my enemies. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's, <laughs> those are my only goals for the year. Well, thank you for spending another year with us here at 
uh, ghost emoji. We we did it. We we done did it. I think this is going to be episode fifty, which is crazy. God, did I say t- I'm going to cut that. She said crazy. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> she said it. It's wild. It's wild that we've gotten to episode fifty, and we appreciate everyone who listens. Follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter. We're a Ghost Emoji Show. If you subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcatcher you use, of course, then you'll see whenever we put up new episodes. Uh, if you've got questions, if you've got comments, scary stories, scary wrecks, you can send them to our email, which is ghostemojipodcast at gmail.com. And uh, tell all your friends. Leave a nice review. Just do whatever. It's a, it's a new year, new you, new review. New sparkling five-star review. That was very rhymy. I liked it. (laughs) Thank you. This is a beautiful poem. (laughs) I think that's going to do it for us. So until next time, what's our thing? (laughs) I forgot what our thing was. (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) God. Until next time. Always say goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.